New Hope Outreach Ministries, making a difference by taking the gospel from word to action. And now, today's message. And because I tell you, there's nothing no greater than God promises, amen? God promised to do something, he's going to do what he said he's going to do, by the grace of God. If he said it, he's going to do it. That's a good thing about it. If he said it, he's going to do what he said he's going to do. I thank God for that. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 44 and verse 1 through 5. Got your Bibles. Please stand with us if you will, please. Psalms 44 and verse 1 through 5, and the easy read version said, Our Father told us what you did in their lifetime. They told us what you did long ago. God, we heard about you, and with your great power, you told, um, reading Psalm 44, 1 through 5, and the easy read. It said, with your great power, you took, you took the land from others, from other people, and you gave it to us. You crushed those foreigners and forced them to leave this land. It was not our fathers sword that took the land. It was not the strong arm that brought, their, brought them the victory. It was your power. It was your power, God. It was because you accepted them and smiled down on them. The next verse said, and God, you gave. It said, you are my king. By the grace of God. Amen. God is good. Amen. But look at verse 5, if you will. Verse 5 is the one you want to look at. We're taking our subject from today. We need your help. To push our enemy, enemies back. Not enemy, but enemies. More than one. Enemies back. Only in your name can we people What was that? Can we trample, trample on those who attacked us by the grace of God? Amen? God is good. Look at verse 5 again. It said, we, we need your help to push back our enemies. Only in your name can we trample those who attack us by the grace of God. And what we're going to speak to you today about pushing back the enemy. Amen? Amen. We've got to push him back. Got to fight back, amen. We can't be passive. We got to fight back. Even though you know, you like you know, if you ever been in a fight, you know you're gonna fight others. You you gonna hit others, and they are gonna hit you back. But that, that that's just that's the way battles go by the grace of God. But the most important thing is the most most important thing is how physically you are conditionally and mentally and spiritually prepared. You can overcome the enemy by the grace of God. 
But one thing we want to point out some things here in this particular chapter here, verse in, in Psalms here. It said that um, we realize that someone, somebody had been hurt. So the Jews had been hurt here. And the Jews was, um, if you read on through the whole chapter, according to them, they had done nothing wrong, but they was attacked. But yet and still, God came in with his power and pushed, pushed back the enemy. God gave them things that they was not entitled to, but God gave it to them anyway. Amen. And, say, and, and by the grace of God, God can do the same thing for you and us, you and me. He can give us things, even though we were not entitled to certain privileges and rights and stuff like that, because of God, God can open up the door and open up the way and make it possible by the grace of God. We got three enemies as a Christian we deal with every day. Number one, the flesh. Number two, the world. Number three, the devil. The world, the devil, and the flesh. Those are our three greatest enemies that Christians deal with every day. And you're fighting, you're fighting those things. Fighting, you're fighting in an area every day in one of these areas here. You're fighting the world because the world is, has so much influence. And that's why the Bible said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing the mind. But even though we fight against all these things, the world, the flesh, and the devil, we win. Look at your neighbor and say, we win. We push back, we win by the grace of God. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world by the grace of God. And just because it, it looks crazy, don't mean it is crazy. That's why you have to believe what you know and, and, and continue to trust God for his promises and trust God for his word by the grace of God. I like also in the, um, there's another translation in the um, in American Standard Translation, um, Psalm 44 and verse 5 reads a little bit different. I'm going to put that on the overhead, if you will. It said here, through you we will push back our adversary and through your name we will trample down those who rise up against us by the grace of God. There are going to be some things that are going to rise up against you but guess what? You can overcome it by the grace of God. Don't give up and don't give in. Don't quit. Amen. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Because victory is already won by the grace of God. Victory is already won. So you're not really trying to win the victory. Victory is already won. The only thing you're doing is, is trying to maintain what has already been, been given by the grace of God. And God don't give, the, give his hardest battle to the strongest soldiers. He creates the toughest soldiers through life's toughest battles. Amen? See, so God don't give the hardest battle to the, to the toughest soldiers. But he creates the toughest soldier through life's hardest battle. That's how you win. That's how you become strong and get tough through the battles you have to fight. And by the grace of God, but there's nothing wrong with fighting. We're going to win by the grace of God. If you're a fighter, amen, because 
Because the enemy is always trying to, like Scripture said in the book of Peter, he's always going about it like a roaring lion, looking and seeking whom he may devour. But guess what? He has no power over you, and he cannot defeat you. And that's why we can push him back. I remember I was in the hospital. I told Hilda, we were going through and dealing with some stuff, and said, I told her, I said, look, you got, to, you got to push back. You got to push back. And so by the grace of God, and that's why you got to continue. Not something you do sometime. You got to constantly do it all the time. Pushing back, fighting back. Why don't it ever get easy? It does get easy. As you continue to trust God and continue to follow God, it, it's going to get easy by the grace of God. But the good thing about it, it, don't, it never seems like it's going to get easy when you're fighting in your own strength. And that's why you need to learn how to fight in the strength of God. Amen? And God will give you the strength, the endurance to be able to overcome anything that you deal with. Also, another scripture, a good scripture to remember. I push back by the grace of God. Psalm 44, verses 5 through 7. And in the NIV, it says this. Through you, we push back our enemy. Through your name, we trample on our foes. I put no trust in my bow. My sword does not, does not bring me victory. All your ability, all your strength, and your power does not give you the victory. You can't fight this battle in your own strength. That's why in the book, it's not on overhead, but that's why in the book of, um, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, said we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principality and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's why we need to be able to be able to have God's power to be able to fight these things in the natural by the grace of God. And for many people, unfortunately, they don't, they, don't, they don't know this. They have no knowledge of this. They think that everything they throw at them, they have to take it. But you don't have to take everything that the enemy throw at you by the grace of God. You, God has, has created you and given you authority and a power on this earth to be able to overcome anything that, you come, that come against you. By the grace of God. The only thing you have to do is understand what you have and what you can do with the word and the power of God. You can, you can overcome it. And that's why the psalm said, hey, guess what? It said, through your name, through your name, we trample, trample our foes. I put no trust in my bow. In other words, your guns and all of those stuff and whatever. That's not going, a lot of people, you know, like, you know, sometimes they feel they got the gun, they can pretty much overcome the enemy. But that's not always the case. Because if the enemy catch you blindsided, whatever come up behind you, you think he come, come to you from the front, but he come up behind you, whatever, then guess what? You could be caught off guard. That's why we need God in every situation that we involve in, by the grace of God. Amen? Because God is always there to help us and take care of us, whatever. And that's why it's in mornings and every morning is important to get up and pray and thank God. Like yesterday, I went down to this little place off of Universal Drive called Gordon's. You know, it's just I was picking up some um, some strawberries and some lemon down there yesterday. And I inadvertently um, dropped my wallet. Didn't even know I had left it. Now, all of a sudden, this lady was coming through the parking lot screaming, John Henry. John, if you don't know about it, you used to call me until she get upset and you used to be Hilda. 
She, when she get upset, when they went, that's when she called me John Henry. And I heard this voice saying, John Henry, John Henry, John Henry. And then I turn around and say, I'm, I'm walking, as I'm walking, I'm saying, who in the world calling John Henry? Because most of the time, like I said, people don't call him by my name. Most of the time they just call me John or whatever, you know, Pastor John or whatever. But John Henry, and I, and I look back, and she had this black wallet, and she was waving at me and said, hey, this is your wallet. You left your wallet or whatever. And so, of course, you know, we had cards and everything. But just let you know how God watches over you and protects you by the grace of God. You know what I mean? You just, I mean, there were several cards in there that could have been taken out of that, but guess what? There was, there was money in my wallet and everything by the grace of God. But my point is that how God watches over you and takes care of you when we don't even, um, when we don't even pay no attention to what he's doing. That's why it's good to pray every morning. Take some time out of your schedule before you get out, walk out of them doors, and pray and ask God for his direction and his protection for you each day before you leave that house. And because you just don't know what you're going to encounter from the time you walk out of that door until the time you get back. And like I said, you heard me say many times, you can't get ready. You got to be ready by the grace of God. And Hill and I, we are praying, and we always pray every morning and, and, and fellowship with God. And, and we thank God for asking him for, to protect us every day. And so that was just a way of him protecting us or whatever, because, you know what I mean, could have lost all of our information, had a lot of information there. And a few days ago, I was in the office, and the Lord just told me to take out all my cards I had and make a, make a copy of them. And we got all, and that's a good thing for everybody. If you got information that's in your wallet or whatever, cards or whatever, make a copy and file them somewhere. Because if something comes up, God forbid, I'm not speaking this on you, but if God, something comes up, you don't know. Well, I, I speak for myself. I don't always know all the cards I have in my wallet. I just know that I have a servant in there, okay? You have no idea what's in there, but if you got a copy of them, it's easy for you to make a copy of them and get that phone number and call that phone number back and say, hey, if you get any activity on this card, you can cancel it. You can cancel every last one of them. But if you don't have that information, guess what? You're trying to figure out what do you have. And, 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 you know, when you're going through changes like that, you can't always think of this stuff or whatever. Some of you are pretty smart. You can know everything. You know, some of you know everything, okay? But Pastor John, I have to make a copy of this stuff and keep a, keep a copy of it. So I go back to, and I said, hey, Hill, let's go in the safe and pull this out. And I know what's, what's in there. So in that way, I know exactly what I have in my wallet and what I don't have in my wallet. So, again, like I said, just a little one of those little safety caution things or whatever that's got to be prepared for. Second Samuel chapter 22 and verse 40. God helps you win all your, all your victories, amen? Every victory you're going to have, if you trust God and the, and the power of the Holy Spirit, he's going to give you everything you need to get you through whatever situation you encounter by the grace of God. You don't have to worry about God showing up because he will show up. I mean, and the Bible says, remember there's a promise, he said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I'll be with you always, even until the end of the world. And that's a promise. God said, I will never leave you. Now, you may not feel it, you may not acknowledge it, but guess what? He's always there by the grace of God. By the grace of God, he's always there. Psalm, I mean, 2 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 4 in the contemporary English verse. He said, you helped me win victories and forced my attackers to fall victim to me. 
And that is true. In other words, you don't have to fight them in your own strength. Only thing you have to do is just turn it over to God. That's why it's in the book of Romans said, vengeance is mine, says Lord. I will repay, says Lord. God will take care of, he'll fight those battles for you. Don't try to take it in your, take things and, and take matters into your own hands and try to fight them yourself. And so many people are dealing with their own problem, their own strength. That's what's wearing you out. And the devil is, is causing all types of unnecessary stress upon you, worrying and frustration because you're dealing with it in your own strength. Turn it over to God. Let God deal with it. God knows how and he knows when to deal with a situation. Then in Psalms 18, verse 37, it says this, I chased my enemies and caught them, and I did not stop until they were defeated or destroyed by the grace of God. Then stop until they're destroyed. And that's the same thing when stuff come against you, whatever. Don't give in. You, you don't stop until you destroy, until you get rid of it. Some things you just can't defeat. Some things have to be destroyed. Amen? And the Holy Spirit will tell you what needs to be destroyed and what not to be, what, what not need, what, what need not to be destroyed. But you have to be able to destroy something. He said, I chased my enemy, enemies and caught them. I did not stop until they were destroyed. Remember in the book of, book of Samuel, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 30, when, remember when David, Ziklag, remember that time when, when David and his men was out on a mission for God. And all of a sudden, the, the Amalekites, the Amalekites, the one that God told King Saul to get rid of. Um, the reason why God told him to get rid of him, because he knew for a fact the Amalekite was, was, on, was like was, was people that was really controlled by the devil, pretty much. And they were real sneaky, sneaky type people. Real subtle type. The, the, the ones that smile on your face and stab you in the back. Wait till you leave home, then go in there and break, and break into your home and steal everything you got. Those type of people. But anyway, so while they was out on a mission, the Amalekites came and took everything. Took all the wives, took all the children. Didn't kill none of them, didn't destroy them, but just took them hostage. And then to the point where it just devastated everybody. All the soldiers that were with David and all the people that were with him, they were hurt and disappointed because of the children. And you know, when, when you mess with a man's wife, it's almost like messing with a woman's child. But that's some deadly stuff then. You're, you're in deep trouble then when you do that. So when they took David's wives or whatever, you know, David loved his women. As a matter of fact, when David, before he got ready to, when he was getting ready to pass away, how they know that he was getting ready to pass away, they took a young damson and laid him aside and laid it beside him. Boy, I tell you what, that's, that's amazing. And so when they figured that David did not really have an affection for whatever, you know for a fact, he's getting close to checking out. Getting close to checking out. But anyway, but the point I'm making here is this, that they, they came in and took everything they had, attacked the David behind his back. The enemy going to do it. If you fight from the front, he's going to try to attack you from the back. And so, but what happened was, David was, the Bible said, everybody was discouraged. Not some, but everybody was discouraged because of what had happened to them. And, you know, when they, when, when they, because they was out there with David, fighting with David, and they wanted to blame David for, for what had happened to them. And the Bible said David was, was, was discouraged. Then he encouraged himself in the Lord. 
Then he asked God, said, what should he do? What should he do about the situation? And God told him, said, David, if you pursue, you shall recover all by the grace of God. You got a choice here. You can let them take what you got and just enjoy it and keep it, or you can go and take it back. And that's what we got to do. We just can't be passive. Some of the things that the devil have taken from us, we got to go take it back. Say, this is mine by the grace of God. You can't have this. My health, my children, my whatever. My husband, my wife, my wife or whatever. You can't have her, devil, in Jesus' name. I take them back right now. Whatever hole you got upon them, I break that power of darkness over their life right now in Jesus' name. You cannot hold them. You cannot control them. You will not be able to lead and guide them the way you want to use them in Jesus' name. And you can take authority over that type of stuff. If you, if you, really, if you, if you really know how to do it, just use God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we can do that. But so many people today don't believe that. Just like being a meteorologist in Huntsville, boy, you're in trouble you're a meteorologist in Huntsville. Because we jack your real forecast up in a heartbeat. We jacked your forecast up in Huntsville. Why? Because we pray. All them storms and all that stuff, look at it. We take authority over that foolishness. Amen. Devil, you ain't come in and destroy nothing here. Like the one, it was a joke, but, was, but they were saying one time this man was eating his dinner, and all of a sudden, he didn't have, they didn't have any, any screens on the window. So this old fly came into the, into the house while he was eating. And land in his plate into, into some of his gravy. It's sort of, it's sort of bizarre, but, it's, but you get the point. So when he landed into the, into the plate, he, he couldn't get up. So he picked the fly up and pulled it across his face and got all the gravy off of him. He said, look, you didn't bring nothing, and you're not going to take nothing. So I know it's sort of nasty to some people. Guess what? The point is... You, you didn't get nothing, you didn't bring nothing, and you're not going to take nothing. You need to get up out of here. And that's what we need to do to the enemy. Guess what? You didn't bring nothing, and you're not going to take nothing out of here in Jesus' name. We come to deal with you in Jesus' name. We're not, not going to make life easier for you around this house. You're not going to come in and get in the bed and lay down and, and take it easy or whatever. No, we're going to fight you every day. Every day you live, every day you're in this house, it's going to be a day of hell for you. Because we're going to make life miserable for you. Because we're going to pray and bombard the kingdom of God every day. And come against you in Jesus name. And therefore by the grace of God guess what. You can do that. And see when you push back. Well, whether you know it or not. That means conflict. That boils down to conflict. And, if you, and see for so, many, for so many people. The grace message helped and got us, out of, got us back to loving God. But after then, boy, it sure sort of jacked men of us up because we don't believe we don't believe we can fight. We have no authority against the devil. We believe that the devil, that we just, it's, it's, everything is God's will. It's up to God and whatever and stuff like that. So it's, we don't feel that like we have no part to play in, in the situation. Things happen to us, whatever we feel that we can, and nothing we can do about it. We just lay down, you know, helpless and just take it, whatever. Take it on the cheek. No, we can't. We don't have to do that by the grace of God. We can overcome that. Anything that you are hit with by the grace of God, if it's not right, you can come against them by the grace of God. 
If it ain't your spirit telling you not right, guess what? The problem's not right. In the book of um, book of Second Thessalonians, chapter two and verse six and seven, is a good scripture to remember. Paul is talking to the church at Thessalonica. He said, "You already know what is holding holding this wicked one back. What is holding the wicked one back until this time to come? You know, if." If the if people talking about if um if the devil had his way, he'd been killed all of us in here if he had his way. But guess what? He can't do it. He can't do it. And that's why the Bible tells us that we're not the conqueror, but we're more than a conqueror by the grace of God. We're overcomers. And that's why we have to be careful about everything that he throws at you, you don't accept because it may be good to you, but it's not good for you. It can be devastating to you. And, you. and you don't want to take anything. The Bible says all good and perfect gifts come from God. So everything you get, everything you achieve is not good and is not perfect. Guess what? It's not God. The Bible says all good and perfect gifts are from above, from God. Everything is good. But if it got flaws in it, if it's not right, then guess what? That's why it's important to wait on God to give you what you want. Because God's going to work it out for you. He's going to make sure all the imperfection out of it. He's going to make sure that it's sterile and good for you by the grace of God. And when I can look back at all my life and I can say, now one thing God blessed me with and gave me, I look back and I can say, well, you know what? God, you should curse me with that. No. I can look back and everything he's given me has always been good and perfect by the grace of God. And he said in Proverbs 22, 22.10, I believe, he said, the blessings of the Lord make it rich. He has no sorrow with it. And this is what people have to understand. See, God's word is there for us to make good, good and great decisions if we listen to it, if we know it. Those promises are there. His word is there. But we pay attention to what he said to what God is telling us, guess what? We will not end up with a lot of frustration worries that we have to end up trying to fix the rest of our life or whatever. Dealing with problems, you're trying to fix the rest of your life or whatever. Like buying a house. If, if you, know, you don't know nothing about that house. You have no idea what the owner, that, the original owner that lived in that house done to that house. You have no idea. But guess who does? The Holy Ghost does. He knows. And so when he tells you, he said, look, you need to walk away from this and leave this alone or do this or that and the other, whatever. Guess what? If you do it, you're going to be, you're going to look back and say, you know what? I thank you, God, because I listened to you. But if you don't do it, just say, well, get caught up and say, well, hey, I'm a, this is what I want, the way I want it. And you don't want just what you want. You want what God wants for you. Just remember that. You want what God wants for you, want for you because he always wants the best for you by the grace of God. But guess what? But a lot of people get so caught up in what they want. And when God brings them something, they don't see it because they already got what they, what they think they want. It's not what you think you want. It's what you, you want what God wants you to have. Because what he wants you to have is always going to be good. Always going to be the best. There's not going to be any imperfection in it. But you get out and go out there and do what you want to do, the way you want to do it, and, and all that crazy stuff, guess what? You're getting caught up in the world. 
Well, I'm going to just buy this. No, you don't want to buy everything. Buy this stuff just because it's all good deals are not God, God's deals. It may be good to you, but it's not good for you by the grace of God. And that's why you want to always check the Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, look, you need to walk away from this. He's telling you not just he don't want you to have it. There's something wrong with this, what you're about to, about to make a decision about something that he don't want you to end up having to deal with later down the road. You know, crying and talking to God and saying, God, why you do this to me? Why, why I got ripped off and whatever. Well, I was trying to tell you what to do, but you didn't listen to me. How many times have you bought things you felt in your spirit you shouldn't buy? But you did it anyway. Then after you did it, you ended up regretting it. Because for a fact, you know for a fact you shouldn't have, shouldn't have never made that decision. And that's the way it is in life, I'm telling you. If, you, if we learn to listen to God, we can, all, we can almost get rid of all our excedrins, all our bufferings, and all the other medicine that we have for headaches and whatever. Could it all go away? Because guess what? We only end up making all these all these. So we can throw away a lot of our blood pressure medicine. We learn to listen to God. Because I'm telling you, you're not stressing over life anymore. You're not worrying about life, what they're going to do, what she's going to do. You know, you know, you know, parents are always worrying about kids. In the world in which we live, I mean, you can't help from worrying about because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in our world. But guess what? Worrying is not going to solve the problem. You got to learn to turn them over to God and trust God and put them in God's hands and say, look, God, you got a plan for them or her. You got a future for them. And I trust you that they will find your, your plan for their life in Jesus' name. If they're not they're dating a person or whatever that you might not like or dislike or whatever. There's no need of fussing and fighting with them and cussing with them about it. That's not going to solve the problem. Just ask God to open up the eyes of the understanding that they may see what's going on here. This person is not the best for them. That you got something better for them. And many times, because you fuss and fight about it, they end up doing just the opposite of what you want them to do. Especially when you're talking to marriage. A lot of times, they don't always end up marrying the person we want them to marry. The person that we don't want them to marry, sometimes, God forbid, they end up marrying that person. But we always make good choices in New Hope, amen? Our children always marry good people. Our sons marry good women. Our, our daughters marry good husbands, by the grace of God. And they have great marriages, amen, where they love each other, by the grace of God. We don't, believe, we don't believe in slip knots. Why they stay together for a few months, a few years, and then it's over. No. We believe in it for eternity, forever, by the grace of God. Amen? Because what the Lord doeth is what? It's forever. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken from it. And that's what you want to do by the grace of God. You don't want to do stuff based upon your own understanding, based upon what he say or she say. No. It's what God say. If God didn't say it, I don't care what he said, he says, she say. Because he or she don't know that person's heart, but God does. That's why you want to know what, what God said about it. And here's Paul talking to the church at Thessalonica. He said, you already know what is holding the wicked one back. What is holding the wicked one back is the, whole, the Bible of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is holding him back. Because if Satan wanted to, if he had a free course, 
he'll be running amok right now. He's already doing a lot of crazy stuff, but he'll be more, more elusive than he is. But by the grace of God, he can't. Because you know why? Because people are praying. People are trusting God. And, and the power of prayer is pushing him back. It's keeping his hand tied that he can't do what he wants to do. And that's why we as, 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 as prayer warriors, we need to take authority over that spirit of murder in America. Because there's a spirit that's doing this. There's a spirit of murder that's over America that's causing people to kill each other. For no reason at all. I mean, just like you can, you can resolve. Kind of, you don't have this. You don't have to kill a person because you disagree with them. You can walk away, but we, that's why we have to take a thought over that spirit. And that spirit, like a roaring lion, looking for whom who he may devour. If people have the right intention, right motive, right motives, he come along and and take possession of that person and give that person. I putting thoughts in their mind. And then give them a gun, put a knife in, and all of a sudden, they end up destroying another life. But in Jesus' name, we take authority over that spirit that's operating in America. They can sign all the gun controls they want. It's not going to stop it. There's a spirit behind that. You know, people didn't kill people today like they did uh, 20, 40 years ago like they're doing today. It's nothing but the enemy. But we can take authority over it, just like we do the storms. We can take a thought over that too, by the grace of God. Just like this week, they had a situation in Michigan. Those three students was was was, was murdered, shot down, and the, and the individual that did it had no ties to the university. It wasn't like somebody had done something to him. It was just out of nowhere. It was just a thought that he didn't put in his head, and and God forbid he ended up acting out on that thought. And that's why it is important. For us, when people start saying crazy stuff, you bind that spirit. You take authority over it. In Jesus' name, I take authority over that spirit that's trying to operate through you. You're not going to kill. You're not going to destroy by the grace of God. You're not going to do that. And you can do that. Look at, look at the book of... Um, and, and that's why it's important we need God's help to push back the enemy. Luke, Luke chapter 10, verse 19 through um, 20. Jesus said, I know. I saw Satan fall, fall a bolt of lightning out of the sky. See what I've given you. He's talking about his disciple. Safe passage to you. He said, walk, he said, walk on snakes, scorpions, protection, and every assault of the enemy. In other words, he's talking about he's giving them authority. Jesus gave him gave his disciple authority, amen. And we got that authority today, but, but most Christians today have no clue of what that is. They have no, no idea what the authority they have as a believer. They think everything that happens is okay. They don't like what's happening, but they don't think they can do anything about it. You can, you can take authority over that situation and break the power of darkness over that person's life, and that person can change by the grace of God. And that's what Jesus is telling the disciples, that guess what? He said, no one can put, put a hand on you. He said, all of the same. He said, he said the great triumph is, is not in your authority over the enemy, but it's in my authority. 
It's nothing that you do. It's you using God's word, the authority that God has given you. Delegate authority. He delegated his authority to you to take control of this life. The things that bother you, harass you, that, that try to mess with you. You can you got a, been given a delegated authority. Just like the police chief. He's not out there the one that directing the traffic in Huntsville. He delegated the authority to his to his policemen. And they have the authority. So when they stand in front of you and put up their hand, you have to be out of, in another world to try to run over them. That means stop. If they tell you stop, you stop. Just like when sometimes the red lights will go out in the city. So when, when, when the red light goes out, I know you may be in a hurry, but if they tell you to stop, even though the light is out, you just can't just arbitrarily just go. They have authority. When they put up their hand, they have authority to stop. When they put up that, when they say stop, that means stop. That don't mean go, that means stop. So when they wave you on, that means you can go. And same thing with us as a, when, when things you hear, when people say things to you, when you get a bad report or something, you take authority over it in Jesus' name. You cancel, you say, Father, in Jesus' name, I cancel those negative words right now in Jesus' name. They will not take root. I diffuse them right now. They will not take root. Because words are, cont are containers. And they take root. They can take root and they can grow. And that's why it's important when people start cussing and saying things that they, they shouldn't be saying. That's why it's important to take authority over that spirit. Well, you're stupid. No, I'm not stupid. I may not be as smart as you are, but I'm not stupid by the grace of God. Amen? And you don't let people say things to you that you know for a fact is belittling you. And, and not doing anything about it. You remember we, we told that lie when we were growing up. Sticks and stones will break our, break our bones, but names will never harm us. Remember that? Anybody have been told that by me? But now as we, we gotten older, we realize that's not true. The words can have impact, impact over your life. And that's why it's important for parents not to say those things to, to kids, whatever. You're dumber than a rock. You just like then they compare their child to some other person that in the family that's that's out of control. You can be just like your cousin. And when you think about that cousin, that cousin could be on drugs, it could be on alcohol or whatever. It could be living a real jacked up life. You don't want to compare your child to nobody else's child, by the grace of God. And anytime you speak to them, you say things to them and think about them. You always think positive things when the names come across your mind. When they do crazy stuff, don't, don't tell them how stupid they are. I said, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now, they got the power and the ability to make good decisions. Not dumb decisions, but good decisions. Wise decisions. They will make good decisions in Jesus' name. If, you, if something they're about to do that you don't agree on, don't argue with them about it. Just pray. Like I said, you heard me say many times. If you can't talk to them about God, you talk to God about them. You pray about it. Say, God, I put places in your hand that they're about to do something that I totally don't think is right, I totally disagree with. But, Father, I put a place in your hand that you will show them the things you have shown me. Because everybody don't see what you see. Everybody don't understand what you understand. Don't assume they do. And don't get upset with them because they don't. Because the Bible said the God of this world, he blinds our minds that we can't see. And think about it. If a person knew for a fact they're going to spend eternity away from God, 
Do you think that in a right state of mind they would they would not accept Jesus? No. But see, the God of this world have blind their mind. They can't see that. They can't understand that. They can there's there's nobody they can talk to that came back from hell and said, hey, what a what a place this is like. And a place this would be. Only only place we in the scripture we talked about was Lazarus and the rich man. That's enough right there to get a good picture of what hell would be like. But God didn't really paint a great picture, but uh, uh, an overwhelming picture, but it's a good picture of a place that you don't want to be. And that's why I say, people say, well, I don't care. Well, I go down there, I'm going to turn the air conditioning. It's crazy. That's, that's nonsense. There's no air conditioning down there. There's not a place like jail. That's not, that's not a, a leisure, a place for uh, where you go and just uh, for, for where you camp out. A, a a resort. That's a place, and people get upset because they're in prison. They don't have all these entities or whatever, and don't have um, don't have luxury to to phones and TV and all the other good stuff. You gotta remember, you're not at a resort here. You're in prison, and sometimes people forget, and they don't think about those things before they make those bad decisions or whatever. And that's why it's so important for us. We have to pray to push back some of this stuff. And same thing with all the stuff that's going on about releasing a lot of the, the prisons now that's, that have one year left on their term. There's something else we got to pray about. That God, that God will make the, make the right decision. But I'm not saying keep people incarcerated. We want people to be, be released. But make sure that they, when they are, the right ones are released. And they get the training and teaching they need so they will not end up being a repeat offender, to go back in those places or whatever. So a lot to pray about, amen? So, I mean, it's a lot to think about. And we can change things in our community, in our city, in our homes, in our life. We just got to learn how to push back. Don't accept everything that comes your way. Push back. And just like food on, on your plate, don't, don't eat everything on your plate. I know like in, in, um, in Germany, if you don't eat everything on the plate to them, do you, uh, that'll offend them if you don't eat all your food because they think that the food wasn't good, didn't taste good or something. Once you got a clean plate, then to them, that lets them know that, hey, man, the food was wonderful. But if you leave food on your plate and whatever, to them, that's an insult. And letting them think, thinking that the food was not good or whatever. But when you get enough, look at your neighbors and when you get enough, enough is enough. I don't want to offend you, but enough is enough. When you get tired of fooling with stuff and get tired of putting up with stuff, you just got to push back and fight back and say, enough is enough. I don't want to offend you, but hey, I can't eat no more. I'm done. I'm done with this devil. I'm done with you pushing me around. I'm done with you destroying my finances, destroying my life, and jacking my life up. I'm tired of this. So I'm moving forward now by the grace of God. So, And that's why it's important. To be able to fight back. And we got to fight back. We got to fight back. And when we fight back, God can help us. How we push back the enemy? We push back the enemy with God's power. How we push back the enemy with God's power. Not our own strength. It's God's power that, that does it for us. Amen. That's how we push him back. We can't do it in our own strength. We 
to do it in the strength God give us by the grace of God. And when we do that, guess what? We can overcome anything that come up against us. Psalm 44.5 said, we need God's help to push back the enemy. Push back those things that come up against us. We need his help. Not only that, but also we push back the enemy with the authority and the power that God has given, the authority with God's authority. That's why I gave you the scripture in the book of Luke, Luke 10, 19 through 20, his authority. We use God's authority. Not your own authority. It's God's authority that he gives us. And we can be able to push back, push back a lot of the stuff that goes on by the grace of God. We don't have to tolerate it, amen? If you don't like something, you don't have to sleep with it and deal with it. Push back. And that's what we're doing. We're, doing. we're not doing things we're not telling you to do that we're not doing. We're pushing back ourselves. Some things that the enemy try to come against us, come against me with, I'm pushing back. With prayer and confession in Jesus' name. And, so, and I know for a fact, I'm a winner. I'm not a loser. I'm an overcomer by the grace of God. Um, that's not a conqueror, but more than a conqueror by the grace of God. Amen. So don't look at what you see. Go on what you see is only temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal by the grace of God. So we know for a fact this is a battle that we're in. There's a fight that we're in, but we win by the grace of God. And that's what you got to do. You got to develop a winning attitude, not a victim attitude, a victim mentality. Everything you, everything you get involved in, you want to tell yourself, guess what? I always win. I'm not a loser. I'm a winner. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed going in, and I'm blessed going at everything my hands touch. is blessed of God by the grace of God. Amen? And see, when you, when you approach situations like that, you, you're looking at, you start looking at things different. Because guess what? You're not going to put yourself in a situation where you know for a fact you're going to lose. Guess what? I like winning, amen? I don't like to lose. I don't like to lose anything. Winning is always better, amen? Winning is always better. And that's what you want to do. You want to learn how to develop it. If, you, if you've been having some, 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 some times so you listen this morning at home or whatever, you've been going through some stuff, dealing with some stuff, Stuff seems like you've lost some stuff, but guess what? Look at what you've lost and say, and just declare and decree that you get it back. Because remember the, the Bible says in the book of Joel, so God said he will restore the years that the canker worms have eaten them, the caterpillar have eaten up. He can restore. He can, re, he, he can restore all that stuff. Not replace it, but restore. It means better than the original state that was in. And God will restore it. Now, he didn't tell you when you're going to restore it, how you're going to restore it. He will restore by the grace of God. And that's why, that's why the Bible tells us about patience, having patience, waiting on him to do what he needs to do. And how you know you're getting close to it, close to getting what you want, that's when things become very active. Then they become very active. Start doing stuff. Creating stuff. Creating crazy stuff, stuff that wouldn't normally happen, all of a sudden it just started happening. It's not God, it's the enemy. 
And what he's doing there, he's trying to get you all focused, get you out of focus, start looking at what's, what's happening versus what's not happening. And you just be patient, walk it out. That's God give you patience, get through it. He'll help you get through it. And when you get through it, you look back and you, he begin to show you how you was able to overcome that situation. That's how he strengthens you. That's how, he, that's how your faith builds. You, your faith don't build by losing all your battles. Your faith builds by winning battles. That he help you to win those battles. He'll tell you what to do. It looks crazy. It's not going to be the way man lets you normally do it. You're not going to fight or win battles like you used to win in battles. But you can win them the way God wants you to win them. And when you win them his way, guess what? It's going to be a win for you as well as a win for the other person. And that's where you want a win-win situation by the grace of God. So God's authority is so important for us to use God's authority. When you stand and when you speak, you speak with authority. That's why it's, in, it's good to be able to, to not become a liar. Because when you become a liar, you won't believe what you say. And nobody else will believe what you say. That's why when you say something, you want the baby to say, okay, I'm saying this because I know for a fact it's true. And that's why I was sharing with you a few weeks ago about God's promises. Getting those promises of what God has shared with you and said about you and said to you that he would do for you. If you live by those promises and believe those promises, they'll come to pass by the grace of God. And that's why the Bible talks about Abraham, you know, the father of faith. You can't imagine Abraham, you know, when I think about him, being nine, about you know seven, and him and Sarah going through what they're going through about bearing a child. Um, it's amazing how he looked at his body, not the deadness of his body, but he he still he staggered not at what what he was able to see, but because his faith in God, believe what God told him was going to happen, and God did what He said was going to do. It came to pass. Remember that one time him and Sarah got involved and Sarah also, since so she got real smart and he got smart too, go help God out. When I done got Hagar. You know, there what one woman in the right state of mind go there and get another woman to come in and lay with her husband. And you think they're gonna be able to have a good relationship together. I mean, you know she you know, that was not but a setup from nobody but hell there. That was a setup from hell. Then after she did with the after they did after, after she got pregnant, after Hagar got pregnant, then all of a sudden, strife came in. Sarah got, got habanero hot with her. Well, she should have known that from the beginning. But guess what? That's, that's, that's again, that's what the devil do. He'll set you up for stuff. And you fall prey to it, then... You can do what she did. You end up getting upset about it after you made it, after you fall. Then you look back and say, man, that was not a smart and wise decision to make that decision. But guess what? They did it. And what, why did they do it? Because they're trying to help God out because God wasn't moving fast enough. That's what people do. They get in a hurry. Get, get, start moving ahead of God. Because most of the time, devil always going to try to send you a counterfeit before, you, before God sends you the real thing. Y'all gonna try to send you a counterfeit. Counterfeit gonna come. Could be a job or whatever situation it may be. Always counterfeit. But if you wait on God, look at your neighbor and say, if you wait on God, you won't regret it.
Amen. You be able to lay in bed at night and sleep in peace. So laying in bed at night worrying about, about a decision you made that wasn't good. And I said it again, I said it in the past, and I said it again. It's easy to make a decision, but it's hard to reverse a decision once it's made. That's why you always want to make sure that whatever decision you make, so guess what? It's right. Just like this old guy told us one time in, in Louisiana, if you got a chance to do it right the second time, you had a chance to get it right the first time. It's hard teaching, but, it, but, but if you think about it, it's true. Because guess what? There was nothing put you into a situation where you had to rush to make that decision. I don't know why we we'll keep talking about decisions. Somebody dealing with some decision making or whatever, but if you are, but God is helping you out here. Don't rush it. Don't rush it. Wait on God. Amen? Wait on God. Because I'm telling you, once you make that decision, it's hard to reverse it once you make it. So, especially when you got people involved in it. So, yep. If you wait on him, I'll tell you, God save you money, he save you time, he save you a whole lot of frustration if you listen to him. And that's why we had to push back all these negative thoughts that come to our mind about what we need to do and we need to do it now. That's why when anybody tell me I'm buying something, they tell me I need to buy it now, most of the time I won't buy it now because I know for a fact that's not the time to buy it now. I buy, this is my money. I spend it when I want to spend it. I buy when I want to buy. Not when, not because you tell me to buy. Well, somebody else can buy while they don't buy it. I'll find something else somewhere else. But just because you're telling me that it's not going to force me to do anything based upon your timetable. I'm not working upon your timetable. I'm working upon God's timetable. And that's the difference by the grace of God. Amen? Is God good? Pushing back the adversary. We push back the adversary with God's power and with our authority, amen? And we push back. And that's what we overcome. We do that, I'm telling you. In the world in which we live, we, have to, we need to learn that because a lot of stuff is coming at us. And we, may, we have to push back, amen? You're going to hear a lot of negative stuff. A lot of negative stuff will be said, but at the same time, you can push back a lot of that stuff. I'm saying, in Jesus' name, that don't, that's not right. I don't believe that. Well, this going to happen. That's going to happen. When they said this going to happen, that's going to happen. It's time to start pushing back. It don't have to happen just because they said it's going to happen. You can do something about it by pushing back, praying about it, saying, God, look, this is what your words say. I take authority over this, and I push it back in Jesus' name. This is what I declare is going to happen. Your peace and your joy. We, we accept the rain, but we're not going to accept the tornadoes, the, the hailstorms, and the wind in Jesus' name. We're not going to accept that. We need the ground, need the rain. We thank you for the rain, but we're not going to accept all these tornadoes and hurricanes and all this stuff in Jesus' name. We take authority over this in Jesus' name. Same thing in your house, your appliances, all this stuff. Some of your house started, because you know, a lot of warranty based upon your house and stuff like that. Based on how updated things are, they won't they won't cover your cover your warranties with them. 
I remember this one warranty program we had healing I had years ago. When we first got with them, they covered most, basically everything in the house. But as things begin to age, they no longer want to cover it. And then all of a sudden they said, well, hey, have we replaced all this stuff? Then they said, well, we'll cover you now. We don't need you now. Why am I going to get a warranty and I got stuff that's already manufactured under warranty? Why well, I need to pay twice? But here again, again, like I said, stuff that comes to you sometimes, if you think about it, you're, like you're buying a brand new car. Why do you need to buy a brand new warranty on a brand new car? Because they will take that money that's for that, that warranty on that car and put it against your bill. That means that's going to go against your interest and everything. That means your payment going to be much higher or whatever. So there's things to think about. Things to think about by the grace of God. But God is good. Amen? Decision making. So if you're dealing with some decision, go to God. Say, God, help me make the right decision, whatever. If you're not prone to making good decisions, guess what? You're not the only one. I've never always made good decisions in my life, but I ask God, I've gotten better. And because of the wisdom of God. I've gotten better than what I used to be when I was much younger. And we all made some bad decisions, but guess what? But in Jesus' name, moving forward, look at your neighbor and say, moving forward. All our decisions, all my decisions are going to be good decisions. Godly decisions. Blessed of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you right now, Father, for what things you're teaching us, things you're showing us. Because we know for a fact change is taking place right now in a lot of areas of our life, God. We don't see it, but we know it's taking place in Jesus' name. Because things we've prayed about, things we've asked you about, and being fully persuaded what you promised, you're also able to perform by the grace of God. And Father, we thank you for it right now to give us patience and wait on to, for, the, for you to, to perfect those things that pertain to us in Jesus' name. And we know you will, because you love us just that much. You would not, you did not hold your son, withhold your son from us. Surely by doing that, let us know. If you would do that for us, surely you would freely give us all things. And we thank you for it right now. We praise you and we honor you and we bless you for this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Is God good? All the time. Push him back. Push him back. Amen.